0: The following is a production of CoasterCrazy.com. Live from our studios in Allentown, Pennsylvania, this is GeForce Radio. And welcome back, everybody. I guess we could say welcome back. We kind of took a uh, unexpected week off last week. I know you were uh you were terribly ill last week, and I actually caught a little bug towards the end of the week. otherwise, I might have uh come on and did a quick little show by myself at the end of last week, but we figured there hasn't been a whole lot of news, so we'll just push everything that I have to talk about till uh this week, and we'll get, probably gonna be a shorter show. This week, just because there hasn't been a lot going on, but this is episode twelve of G Force Radio. I am D Mills, as always, alongside Tetsu. Are you feeling better this week? <coughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, except for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, got over whatever that bug was, and looking forward to the well, the cold, then the
0: nice, then the cold, then what's October gonna do here? In- I I don't know, it's seemed kind of fickle the last few weekends. The weekend that I was up at Canada's Wonderland two weekends ago, it was really, really cold. It was barely above freezing. Um, But, I mean, this weekend, uh, at least up here, it was gorgeous. It was in the 70s this weekend. It was ridiculous.
1: I know. uh, Like, working at Dorney on Friday, uh, the park opened at 6, Possessed closed at 7, and everything else closed at midnight. Uh, possessed clothes at 7 because it got too cold because it wasn't running and it wouldn't work anymore. Wow. Um, just incredibly cold. It got to maybe 32 degrees, 33 degrees. Wow. It was really close to freezing. I'm surprised they didn't shut down all the, all the tractor rides. Uh, right. And then, what was it, Saturday was okay during the day. It was a little chilly at night, but it wasn't terrible. And then Sunday... It was like 70 degrees. Yeah. I'm like, what the wow.
0: hell? <laughs> yeah, it, it was interesting. I went back to campus in Rochester this weekend, and Saturday night, it, it was pretty cold on Saturday night, but uh, Sunday woke up, and it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. So, um, now, um, I'll talk about here, now, not this past weekend, but the weekend prior, as we talked about in the last show. Uh, I was at Canada's Wonderland for the Leviathan and Behemoth Insane Coaster Wars uh, TV shoots. Um, Now, from what I understand, from what I gathered from the group, uh, the camera crew there, they will be uh, across the United States and the world. They will be going to Ferrari World to shoot Formula Rossa at some point. They will be shooting some European coasters, and they have a lot of American coasters. As well, they'll be doing Maverick and Magnum at Cedar Point, Volcano, and I three hundred five will also be shot. I believe those were shot this past weekend. Um, those and um, like I said, I was up at the Canada's Wonderland for the Behemoth and Leviathan shoots. Leviathan was on Saturday, Behemoth was on Sunday, and it was essentially the same for both days. Arrive at the park, you know, around seven a.m. It was still completely dark that far north, um, you get some very, very interesting and almost creepy uh, views of Leviathan, because we got to park in the employee parking lot, which is right next to Leviathan's lift hill, so I have I have an awesome picture the, um, of Leviathan with the red light at the top lit up, and the lift hill lights are off, so all you see is the red light at the top of the lift hill, and then because it's slowly starting to get a little bit lighter, it's a very dark blue sky, and then you can barely make out the silhouette of the lift hill, and then you have, like, a half moon with the fog in the background, like, above the lift hill. It's a, it's a really cool-looking picture. But um, So that's pretty much how it was both days. Now, um, we didn't actually start filming on each day till closer to 9 o'clock, because, obviously, it's not light out until then. And you and I had discussed that a couple weeks ago as to how that was going to work. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, but we did not film at all during the actual operating day. Um, now, each train had, I believe, had six cameras mounted on them on both days. Now, for anyone who has seen what a camera mount looks like on the front of a train, especially a B&M train, I, I mean, I'm assuming you, you've you seen what they look like, right? Yeah. So they had three cameras mounted to this front camera mount. It's basically just a big steel plate that bolts onto the front of the train where the bumper usually is. And it had, we had one camera facing forward along the track for your, I guess, POV shot, although it's a little closer to the track than the actual POV. Then there was another camera in that same position but facing the riders, like up from the floor. And then there was another one on the very top of the camera mount, basically right in the rider's face. Um, On Leviathan, I rode one of, we only rode, I think, five times in about an hour because the actual handheld cameras, uh, they needed to get different angles of the train leaving the station and coming back into the station. I think they got most of their actual action shots during the day, but as far as, the riders going in and out of the station where you can actually recognize people's faces. That's pretty much what we were doing. Um, so that was that, and getting the onboard video shots was all of us, which it was. There was essentially room for there. It was just one train worth of people, um, and they were only running two trains on each of the coasters while the shoot was going on, just for blocking purposes. It was quicker to dispatch and get us in and out and whatnot. So they had the three cameras on the front of each train. On Leviathan, I rode in the front on one of them, so hopefully I get some FaceTime time there. And then on the back of the train, on the back row, there was another camera mount attached to one of the seats with a camera facing backwards, so you could see the track behind the train, and then another one facing forward, so you could see over the entire span of the train. Right. So that's another neat view that we should have. And then on each train, there was a camera on the back of the second row of seats facing the rider on the left end of the third row. Now, I didn't ride in the very front on Behemoth at all, but I rode in that third row so that there is a camera right in my face on Behemoth for at least one train. I think it might have been two trains. But um, So I rode directly in front of a camera once on each. So hopefully there's at least some FaceTime for me involved there. Otherwise, it's just pretty much passing shots of the entire train. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Now, because of the cold weather, the trim brakes on Behemoth's Hills were completely turned off, which was awesome because the the resulting airtime is probably illegal in at least 23 U.S. states and four Canadian provinces. (laughs) But
1: not working canada's wonderland is not in
0: ontario evidently but um the the airtime is awesome um i i i don't know i i might say behemoth is my favorite b&m hyper now after that and apollo's chariot has been my favorite b&m hyper for years ever since i wrote it for the first time in 2009 but i mean behemoth behemoth a couple weeks ago at the event, and then, again, this weekend, even more so. It's just, those hills are just beautiful. I mean, it's all airtime. Now, Now airtime people will definitely prefer Behemoth over Leviathan. Um, I still put them, like, right next to each other in my actual rankings, but I still prefer, prefer Behemoth a little bit more because I'm more of an airtime guy. But speed people will definitely take Leviathan among... Among the, it was mostly ace people from the event who were invited back, who were fairly local. So it was mostly people that I had already met at the event, which was nice. I got to see a lot of those people again. And there was a great core group of those people as well. Um, and it's pretty much an even split as to preferring Behemoth or Leviathan. It's pretty much split right down the middle as the favorite among the group. Um, so if you're a speed person... You'll probably take Leviathan. I know uh, Simba prefers Leviathan because uh, she was up there a couple weeks ago. Um, right. But I prefer Behemoth. I'm d- very slightly. There's they're they're not. It's not like Behemoth is great and Leviathan sucks. No, that's not the case. They're they're both in my top ten, but uh, I I prefer Behemoth just a little bit more. Awesome. So. Uh, but yeah, nothing earth-shattering as far as the TV shoot goes. Once I get more information as to when it's actually going to air, even if you're not a fan of the uh, series, maybe you can uh, watch those shows to see if you uh, see if you see me. It was uh, now it was interesting because it was barely above freezing both days. It was actually colder on Sunday for Behemoth Day, and there were people who actually, after two or three rides, couldn't ride anymore because it was getting that cold. And they're, you know, they're, it, they couldn't take it—the wind in their face and their hands up. Um, we're really glad that we did Leviathan Saturday because it was probably five to ten degrees warmer on Saturday, <laughs> so it at least made somewhat of a difference. It is was Leviathan sunny.
1: much faster than Behemoth is.
0: Well, Leviathan hits ninety-two, and Behemoth hits about. 76 77 i think okay, yeah, so, that, maybe. That so it's 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 a consider it's it's at least 12 13 14 miles an hour faster and it was probably 10 to 5 to 10 degrees fahrenheit warmer on saturday so it all in all it was maybe about the same but um it was also sunny on leviathan day in the morning Damn. whereas saturday it was very cloudy and it was very windy on sunday so that, that didn't help either. But, uh, you know, I said, sure, I'll ride again. Why not? You know, get some more angles. I don't think you got this angle. Let me ride again. Come on. Um, <laughs> I stayed at the there park on Saturday. I stayed at the park on Saturday and because it was Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the park was pretty empty. So pretty much got to ride to my heart's content, which was, uh, great. Those was and crazy Canadians. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, it was it was weird for me. To, I couldn't grasp the concept of it was Thanksgiving weekend up there. I know, but, right? Uh, it was it was like oh, it's like why is it so empty? Oh, it's Thanksgiving. I'm like, what? It's the first weekend in October. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and we even talked. It was like, what do you guys do for Thanksgiving? Like, do you have like duck or Canadian goose? Or and it's like, nope, we have turkey. They do the same exact thing we do. They just do it a month and a half ahead of us.
1: Oh, we love those Canadians.
0: Yeah, Can- we really do. Canada's great, though. I I gotta say the 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 employees at Canada's Wonderland are great. Um, if that's not a park, if that's a park you haven't been to, you have to try and get up there. It's a real privilege to go to that park. It's a really nice park. Really, one of my favorite parks. I definitely
1: want to get out there. I was hoping to go this year, but then I realized, wait a minute, I need a passport to go to Canada now. So yeah, I'm gonna work on getting a passport. Over the off-season, maybe when we're yeah. out at uh, Cedar Point, if we can still manage to do that. Mm-hmm. We'll make a day trip to Canada's Wonderland. I don't think it's that far, is it? From
0: it's from, from Cedar Point. Um, well, from Buffalo to Cedar Point is probably about four hours. And then from Buffalo up to Canada's Wonderland is maybe about an hour and a half. So you're probably looking about five and a half hours from park to park, plus whatever kind of border traffic you might hit. Okay, so so I, maybe I would, it would be better to. It's it, Canada's Wonderland is kind of a park you ha, you have to do. It, it, that kind of has that's almost has to be the centerpiece of a trip up there, unless you're taking like a whole week, and you would do Cedar Point for maybe two or three days, and then Canada's Wonderland for like I think, yeah, a day, I mean, for and the then same you, amount of time. Right um depending on when you go obviously so right. um Canada's Wonderland a great park didn't stay at the park on Sunday because I had never been to MarineLand now I don't know if you listened to our show 2 weeks ago after I uploaded it um but remember how I talked about the uh, corny little MarineLand jingle
1: yes i do i actually, actually. i actually f-
0: i actually found it on YouTube and I put the sound bite in of the lady going... Everybody loves Marineland. into our show. Everyone loves Marineland. And um come back and listen to that then. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's very odd. Um even their website says everyone loves Marineland, And I got to Marineland about 1230, and apparently everyone loves Marineland with the exception of eight hundred plus animal rights activists that were protesting outside the front gates. inspected by the Canadian Zoological Survey, I guess it is, and passed. Yeah, they passed inspection. Now, I'm going to give you my opinions on this very quickly. Um, Now, from what I understand from the article I read, about 150 of those 800-plus protesters uh, actually tried to storm the gates, and they actually got the 11 o'clock Dolphin Show canceled, because the Dolphin Stadium is right there by the front gate.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: so there were at least 12 cop cars and two SWAT trucks there by the time I arrived. And there was basically a line of cops. For If you haven't been to Marineland, which I'm assuming most of you haven't, because I don't know why anybody would go to Marineland unless they have discounted tickets, honestly. Um, but I had never been there, so I wanted to check it out, especially with all the controversy surrounding it lately. And, you know, some people have said maybe that these protesters might actually get the park to close until they shape their, until they shape their act, you know, shape up their act a little bit. So I wanted to go and get the two credits and ride that SNS tower on top of the hill, which I'll get to in a minute, because that thing is awesome. That's a, that's a bright spot of the park. But um, so I got to the park around twelve thirty, and if you've ever been to Niagara Falls on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls, there is a road that basically drives right along the river. And there's another road about 10 feet away on the top of a hill, like up on the top of a hill about maybe 10, 15 yards inland from the falls, from the river. It's like the next road up, and it's almost like an access road. Well, if you follow that road up past the falls about half a mile, you come along this very long, narrow parking lot. And it's not very wide. You can maybe fit eight cars per row. But that is a very long parking lot, and that's the parking lot for Marineland. And there's just a one-lane, each-way, highway, you know, road that runs along, you know, past the parking lot. And there's maybe a sliver of land between the parking lot and the road that's maybe 10, 15 feet wide, and this is where all these protesters were, with signs, they're yelling at people through megaphones as they're walking in. If you walk, it's not too late. If you pay for a ticket and walk in through those gates, you support animal cruelty and, you know, typical animal rights activists, you know, stuff. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm fine with, you know, you protesting animal rights. I understand people are going to do that. People are going to be people, and... If they want to, you know, shut the park down because they feel that they're being cruel to animals, that's fine. Um, I will say this. Had Marineland failed their animal inspections the prior week, I probably would not have paid the money to go into the park. Because, I I mean, I I have a dog. I had a turtle that passed away a few years ago. My sister still has Another turtle in their room. I mean, I, I'm not an animal lover freak like some people are. Like, oh my God, you know, th- there's there's only half a bowl of water for my dog. Like, that's cruelty to animals. No, I'm I'm not on that level. But I'm not saying that I support what Michael Vick did either. I mean, it you have right. th- there's I mean, th- there's there's certain things that are okay, and then there's certain things that are just not. So, they passed inspection, I said, you know what, they passed their inspections, I have never been there, They're, you know, there's people trying to close the park down, I'll go and check it out for myself, to see exactly what this place is all about. Now, Marineland itself, to put it in perspective here, Six Flags Magic Mountain covers 260 acres, roughly. Now, for any of you, have you been to Magic Mountain?
1: No, I've not been to California in many, many, many years. Okay.
0: So Magic Mountain covers about 260 acres. Disney's Animal Kingdom, by comparison, covers 500 acres, and that includes the Kilimanjaro Safari Land. Mm -hmm. So not only the entire park area, but the entire safari area, which anyone who's been down there knows covers a very large area. Right. So, uh, now I know you haven't been to Florida either, so it's going to be kind of hard to kind of gauge this on your perspective, but most people who are listening have probably been to at least Magic Mountain or to Animal Kingdom. Right. So, Magic Mountain covers 260 acres. Animal Kingdom is roughly 500. Marineland officially covers 499 acres. So, this park is almost twice the size in terms of land area as Six Flags Magic Mountain and is essentially the same size as Animal Kingdom. But they have maybe 15 rides, six or seven of which are all in one compact area, like a family area of the park, and then the other seven or eight are basically spread out throughout the entire 499 acres. They're not like all in one spot. They're right. literally spread out through the entire park, and then they have animal exhibits here and there. And I said this to you before the show started. Dragon Mountain is essentially all the way in the back of the park. Dragon Mountain is their era looper that at one point was the considered the tallest roller coaster in the world when it, it was built in 83 because it had... A 186 foot height difference from the station to the top of the lift, even though it basically goes up the side of the hill like Boulder Dash. Right. And it was also considered. It's one of the last coasters to be called the tallest in the world that actually had inversions. Um, you know, Steel Phantom was pretty much the last one. And before that, you had a bunch of the other Aero Loopers, but from but from 1983. To 1989, essentially, this was the tallest roller coaster in the world in terms of, you know, the lift hill from the bottom of the lift to the top of the lift. Right. Now, most of it follows the terrain. There's a couple of tunnels that are pretty good. It has a couple of drop tunnels. The mountain around the helix is actually completed now, although the theming isn't complete from what the original plans were. Um, th- here's a brief history of Dragon Mountain. It was built in 1983, and around this big helix on the top of the one hill, there used to be a a steel girder structure. And for years, it was just a steel structure, and it looked very odd. And it was said that there was plans to put an actual mountain around it, like a volcano-like mountain around it, but they they never got to it. Well, in 2007, they actually finished that theming, so there actually is a mountain around the helix. Now, there's nothing going on in there, it's just basically surrounding it so that it looks really nice and pretty when you go into it. Um, right. There was Now there's a tunnel right after the, as you come out of the mountain, and then before the next tunnel, which is like the big drop that goes into the bow tie loop towards the end, um, there's supposed to be like a giant waterfall and another fake mountain. That still hasn't been added. Now the park claims that they still have plans in the future to do that, but all of the steel structure that used to be surrounding it. used to be like a steel girder tunnel, almost, because the track was com- completely surrounded by steel structure. None of that steel structure is there anymore. It's just the track and the track supports now, so, uh, as opposed to a few years ago. If you watch Coaster Forces, uh, I don't know if Coaster Forces POV still shows it, but there's a couple POVs on YouTube from a while ago, maybe even before they put after they put the mountain in, I think, like 2008 or 2009, you can still see after you pull out of the tunnel after the mountain that there's a lot of steel structure surrounding the following track before the second tunnel. Um, none of that is there anymore. So it seems like they may have scratched plans to complete the theming 100%. Although, Dragon Mountain is a very good arrow. Uh, there's not a whole lot of headbanging the bow tie towards the end which is basically like a boomerang except the last cor- half corkscrew twist the other way so you essentially you could take out the entire bow tie and you could connect the track with one straight piece and it would basically continue the same way so um, if you don't know what I'm talking about just search dragon Mountain Marineland you'll find it um, it also has the most... Footage of tunnels of any coaster in the world. It has over eleven hundred feet of tunnels. Right. Um, part, the bottom and the station is really cool too. So, um, very, very, a very good ride. I rode it three times um, because the park is so big. There's no lines anywhere. Um, like I said, you could walk ten or fifteen minutes on one of the, on like the park's big midway and not pass a single ride or attraction it's that spread out from from the front gate I walked directly to Dragon Mountain and stopped to go to the bathroom as soon as like as soon as I came across one and it took me close to 40 minutes to walk from the front gate all the way back to Dragon Mountain with a you know three minute bathroom stop that's incredible it's it's the park's that big if you go on Google Earth or Google Maps and type in Marineland you'll see just how big this park actually is it's it's ridiculous or you could just
1: go to Niagara Falls on uh, Google Earth and look a few feet over.
0: You can see Right, it. it's, it's pretty much directly back from... Away. You,
1: can, you can see the falls from uh, Marineland, which is now getting hit with an ice storm, it looks like.
0: Um, oh, great, it's coming towards us.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's about to get hit by an ice storm. Huh. Or at um, least uh, Canada's Wonderland is about to. Yeah.
0: Um, so now as now the, I only rode three rides. Now I will say the price of admission is not cheap. It's, it's not worth what's there. Um, but because I had never been there and because of the speculation that this park might close down at their last day of operation, I was willing to swallow my pride and spend $45 to get into this park.
1: Wow. That is expensive. Um, What they have. Now but if you're looking on Google Earth, everybody, if you just scroll southward, you'll
0: come right to it. Yeah. Pretty much. From um, Niagara Falls. If you just type in Marine Land Niagara Falls, Ontario, it'll take you right there. And there's a bunch of surrounding roads surrounding the area where the pin is. All of that land is marine land. Don't yeah. don't be fooled. All of that land that is just land with trees, that's all marine land. And there's walkways hidden under the trees. It's all used.
1: So let's see. I see one, two, three.
0: I have the map, I believe. Let me go get the map. Five, six, seven. I see maybe eight rides. I have the map right here. And I'll actually count how many. Now, the map is deceiving because it makes it look like a small park. I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven animal attractions, and then I count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 rides, and of those 17 rides, 8 of them are in a family area towards the front of the park, so you essentially have 9 rides and 7 animal attractions spread out over the rest of the 500 acres. The topple tower the Dragon Mountain and then a flat ride called Magic, which is very similar to our Monster Ride, are all in the same area. That's one of only two areas where you can actually see more than like two rides at a time. And Topple Tower has been closed all year because that's experienced the same issues that the Dollywood one has, and that's probably going to be taken out in the off season. Aye, 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 aye. So, um, other than that, it's very, very. Spread out. Now, the most notable of the actual rides, besides Dragon Mountain, is the S&S tower called Sky Screamer, which uh, was built long before any of the Six Flags Skyscreamers. And essentially what it is, you have it right in the middle Greenland of the park. Sue. I doubt they, they will. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they even trademarked it, so I don't know what the deal with that is. But um, oh, essentially, they took a bunch of rocks... And ground and dirt, and they built a 150 foot tall hill right in the middle of their park, and then they put a restaurant at the top, surrounding a 300 foot tall S and S tower. It's, oh, it, yeah. it, I, it see, has, I see it this hill. I'm
1: legs. looking at it on Google yeah. It now. Yeah, it
0: has three legs, and there's a spiral walkway that basically circles the entire hill to get up there, basically like a giant lighthouse. You have to walk around in a circle on your way up. Um, So you essentially have... Now, they claim it's the tallest tower ride in the world. And (laughs) now they claim it's the tallest tower ride in the world. If you're talking about the actual height of the tower, it's really not. uh, Because the tower itself is only 300 feet high. But I'm not going to argue what they say because literally it's not like it's, oh, it's on a higher point of land. No. They actually built this 150-foot hill, and all that's on top of it is a restaurant and this tower. The rest, This tower surrounds the restaurant. So you literally are 450 feet above the rest of the park. Well, I, I still got to cry foul.
1: Um,
0: it may be so, the tallest in Canada. It's not the tallest in the world. Right. I mean, it's well, yeah. That's that's true. I I won't call. I, I, I will call. I will still give Stratosphere that. But as as far as as far as the tallest, I I don't know what they call it. Do they? I think they call it the tallest freestanding tower ride in the world. Just because the um, the one at the Stratosphere is actually like attached to something else, even though technically the Stratosphere still is freestanding. Um, Eh, well, it's, it's, it's tough, but if you sit on the rights, if you sit on the right uh, side, they only had one tower running the one, the third one didn't even have the seats on it any anymore and they weren't even running the second leg. So only one leg was running, but they were maybe putting three or four people on per ride. And it's very interesting. It combines a space shot and a turbo drop. It starts you like our red dominator and launches you up to the top and it bounces you a couple times and then you stop about midway through the tower and then it takes you up to the top slowly and holds you there for about 12 seconds or so and then it drops you. So you get the upwards launch and the downwards launch in one ride.
1: Now I heard that that's something that we might see at Dorney uh, as
0: well in the near future. I, I would love to see them do it because it... It will it'll lower capacity because you have a longer a longer ride cycle. but I think it eliminates the need to ride both towers. Yeah, so I don't, I, it's interesting. I really liked that aspect of it though because you have that initial you had that initial rush from the launch and you know basically it feels like you're being slingshotted towards the sky and holy crap, I'm almost 500 feet above the ground here and right in front of you is a gorgeous view of niagara falls and then as you slow down you're like oh what a rush and then you slowly go up to the top and it's it's because the park is so big it's really quiet and because you're up at the top for about 11 or 12 seconds usually on dominator you're only up there about six to seven seconds and you hear the air being compressed and then right before you drop you can hear it being let out again Right. But because you're up there almost twice as long, you hear the air being stored up. You hear the, you <laughs> when you get to the top, but you don't hear the immediate release like you do on Dominator. It goes dead right. quiet. It goes dead quiet for like five or six seconds. And there's nothing. You can't hear anything except the wind. And it's the creepiest thing ever. And then all you hear is, <laughs> and then you drop. And it's, you know, when you're up that high, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, approaching it, approaching it and just kind of looking. And as you're slowly going up to the top of the tower, it's one of the few rides that I've been on that I probably got a little bit nervous riding the first time. It's, it's very interesting. I, I, I mean, usually when you're on the lift hill, of a coaster, you can have a conversation with someone, especially if you're riding with other people but you're almost preoccupied with the view of Niagara Falls and realizing, holy crap, we're high. Like you still, even though you're only 300 feet above the ground, you still get the feeling that you're almost 500 feet above the ground because you can't look down far enough to see the ground directly below you because you're on top of a hill. The rest of the ground looks to be almost 500 feet below you. It's, it's quite an experience. Um, and then I rode the little kitty coaster, the ladybug coaster, to get the credit on the way out. Um, now, the one thing I will say were about Marine Land still
1: there while you were leaving.
0: Oh yeah, they were there all day. They were there all day, from what I heard. Wow. Um, it was it was it was it was very strange. It was very strange. Um, now, Marineland does give you four tokens for their arcade, and they have a massive arcade when you pay to get a ticket. So that that was nice. So I got to play a game. Um, although they're big, their famous game there, they have a giant Indy 500 racing simulator where they have eight cars, like half-scale Indy cars, basically, without the wheels. And they are just eight simulators like this next to each other. But those simulators are five tokens. Each. So I wasn't... Where, where is this huge arcade at? Is it next to the Dolphin Show? Or... Yeah, it's right by the front of the park. Okay.
1: But that's kind of hard to tell where the front of the park is.
0: Yeah, um it's called King Waldorfs Palace. It's right next to King Waldorf Stadium, which is their mascot, King Waldorf the Walrus. Um yeah. So, at least they do give you like a couple tokens to play a game. I played a motorcycle game, which was right. kind of cool. Um I did see a few of the animal exhibits because I wanted to kind of check them out for myself. Um The beluga whale and killer whale, like, the main exhibit for those is called Friendship Cove, and they're, like, next to each other in two separate tanks, and there's an underwater viewing area. And from outdoors, it doesn't look much different than, like, what a SeaWorld exhibit might look. You know, you have your rocks lining the edge. But then when you go underneath the underwater viewing area, usually for stuff like that, you might see, like, some stones or something, like, covering the bottom to kind of give it a... Almost like a tropical feel, and now I know for beluga whales it's a little different, and killer whales because they. But it was literally just a giant concrete tank with painted bottoms and two giant rocks on the ground, and you know some of the paint starting to fade and chip off, so you can kind of see just the concrete, the bare concrete color. So um, I wouldn't call the conditions awful. I would I would call them minimal. Probably the bare minimum you would do to kind of keep a zoo authority happy and to pass inspections. Um, there was nothing... The, it, the water didn't seem very dirty. I mean, maybe a little cloudy, but again, it was also raining and drizzling. So it's tough to tell. Um, they only have one killer whale now because they had to give their other whale back to SeaWorld San Diego because of that whole fiasco. Right. So, um... Not not awful conditions for the whales anyway, but I would say minimal. Very minimalist. Um, I did the bear enclosure didn't seem too bad, although the bear the water in the bear enclosures was very cloudy. You couldn't see the bottom and it was only like maybe two, three feet deep, maybe. So the water was cloudy, but then again, if they check that, there may not be any health issues with that. It's just they don't haven't changed the water. Well, the water
1: at uh, Hershey for the bear exhibit is also pretty cloudy.
0: Right. So that didn't seem that didn't seem to be too out of sorts. Uh, right. You know that didn't seem to be too out of sorts. Um, now I didn't stop by every animal exhibit, but the other one I did. They have an aquarium at the front of the park where they have some sea lions, and they also have freshwater fish behind the stadium. And when I walked into the aquarium it its it smelled like low tide it's <laughs> s- it smelled like there was very dirty, dingy water. Now, the water seemed pretty clear though um there have been m- many reports of you know a lot of the sea lions have it and the seal or the walruses having you know eye issues because of dirty water, but the water seems pretty clean. Um, the windows of the freshwater fish, Now, the, the, again, nothing really decorative on the tanks, just the giant tank. Um, the freshwater fish exhibits had, you know, stones and plants that kind of give it a tropical feel. Um, it wasn't extremely overdone and extremely colorful like the SeaWorld ones are, but there was at least something there. You know, the window, the the glass looking into the exhibits were a little scratched up and a little, you know, of uh, foggy it wasn't the water it was the actual windows it seemed like they needed to be cleaned All right um but as far as the that was the only the glaring thing that stuck out to me was that the water smelled the you know the indoor area smelled fairly foul but the again the water seemed clean so perhaps that's just being in an old it almost looked like it was a wooden building like an old wooden building. And having, you know, animals in there, water animals in there that, you know, can jump up on land when they want to. And, you know, they are saltwater animals. Mm -hmm. So perhaps it's part of that. But that was the only real thing that stuck out for me condition-wise of the animals. Um, But again, the water seemed clean. And if they passed inspection, from, from what I understand, most of, they passed inspection. They said that the water quality was very good and the conditions were very good with the exception of two or three animals that had eye issues, but they said it wasn't, they, you know, they could figure out that it really wasn't due to poor conditions. It was most of the, those animals were pretty much old age and are typical of older animals to have, you know, eye issues and whatnot. You know, redness and gunky eyes. Right. So, um, you know, I would give Marineland a pass I wouldn't go any farther than that. So it's um, not exceptional. It's just and not nice. accept not exceptional, but acceptable. I guess. Um, like I said, probably probably the minimum that you could do to keep an uh, organization like PETA or Cana- Canada's version of PETA essentially happy. Yeah. Um, you know, Casa the Canadian an aquarium and zoo administration or something along those lines i think is what it is uh casa is the and there's one other there's one other you know the bigger animal you know institution is doing a still con- continuing to do investigations of what former employees have accused the park of to c- try and figure out more stuff with that but as far as the inspections for the current conditions of the animals goes they passed so um, I won't say well done I'll just say okay you're fine as far as the animal conditions go Um, I would uh, recommendation I would not spend the $45 to go again unless they had a new major attraction like a major roller coaster or if the ticket price dropped considerably I would pay maybe $20, $25 to go um, just because you're not getting the SeaWorld experience that you would ex- you might expect at a park like that. You're basically getting, oh, let's go look at the animals. And, you know, there's maybe trainers. That are just There's employees that aren't dressed like trainers. They're dressed like any other employee, and they're just kind of watching people look at the animals to make sure nobody's, like, jumping in to go for a swim with killer whales. That happened somewhere. I uh, yeah, I forget. Was it in Australia, I think, maybe? Yeah, it was. Okay. So, again, Marineland, not a place I'm going to go back to anytime soon, um, unless maybe my sister wants to go for the credits, but uh, I might even just say, you know what? Here's 45 bucks. go ride the two coasters and the drop tower and come out. Right. It's, it's so, really not. And And even that takes a... Couple hours to do because you have a 40 minute walk to Dragon Mountain, then you got a 10 minute walk to Skyscreamer, and then a half an hour back up to the front of the park. So even to do just those three things, you're talking now at is the least hill up to Skyscreamer
1: steep, like that pathway? You said it's a hundred plus feet, and it looks like it from the midway to where this restaurant and the towers are it is well, relatively short, even though it it's, wraps around. Is it's, yeah, that, it's, is that like it's, our cardiac it, it, hill?
0: It wraps around, so it's a f- it's a it's a decent grade I mean you can tell you're going uphill um it's probably a little bit steeper than your steepest setting on your treadmill but um it's it's a fairly steep incline but it does take a, it pretty much wraps almost all the way around the mountain probably three quarters of the way around so you know it's kind of hard to explain um. I would say it's it's not quite as steep as our really steep hill at Dorney. It's not, it's not that steep okay. uh, going around the pathway. It's probably halfway between that and regular ground.
1: All right, so mini-cardiac.
0: Yeah, it's not terrible. Maybe from the pathway that goes from Hydra to the Tilt-A-Whirl, maybe closer to that. Okay, so that's not terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, it's it's worth the walk up there unless you pass out walking up there and start rolling back down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's it's worth the walk up there and then it's a downhill walk on the way down, so it's not terrible. There you go. Um, but so that's what I got to say about Marineland. Now um now just one quick thing we're just gonna touch on here, just because there hasn't been a whole lot confirmed about it yet. Um Sky Rush at Hershey Park is closed for the remainder of the season and for Hershey Park in the Dark it will not reopen in 2012 and um, you know all nothing has been announced really from the park besides the fact that that it was removed from their list of available rides for Hershey Park in the Dark which is pretty much the same as saying it's going to be closed for the rest of the year um, even though there hasn't been an official announcement and uh, basically all no, basically, it's going to be modified. It's closed for modifications, essentially. Yeah,
1: that's what we're going to say right now. I, I highly doubt Hershey's going to tell us what is really going on. They're just going to, when they make the announcement, if they make an announcement, they're going
0: to say Skyrush is closed because right.
1: we're working on the ride.
0: Right. I mean, uh, here's here here's my take on it. If they were going to do, if this was just because of the restraint change or just because of a station reconfiguration, they would not have suddenly closed it like this. They would have said, "Skyrush will be closing on this date to begin off-season work." There has to be something more to it. What that is, Uh, it's it's very tough to tell. There's different rumors out there, but the the park hasn't really said anything regarding why the sudden shutdown. So until we're, we're just going to kind of leave that alone for now until we hear something. Um, I'm sure if you want to find s- certain theories out there, they're out there. But uh, us here, we're just going to leave that alone until we kind of get some more confirmation from the park on that. Right.
1: I mean, the majority of people think it'll be a train change or a train change or a seat change or a station layout change. Uh, right, and that may be happening. Possible trims or something like that, maybe reprofiling right. of the ride. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and outside that, of that, I mean, your guess yeah. is as good as ours. Is, uh, right, I mean, I, I, that may I, be possible. Just, yeah, your guess is as good as ours as to what's going Pretty, pretty on. much. But uh, this
0: isn't the first Intamin roller coaster. No. It's had it's issues not. since it was built. I mean, a lot of the recent Intamin rides in the U.S. here, you know, even going back to Top Thrill Dragster. You know, you had Dragster in '03, you had King to Khan in 05, and we all know the issues that have surrounded them. In 2007, what was the 2007? That was Maverick, that you I believe. That was Maverick,
1: which had the, the issue with the that had barrel roll because
0: it was too intense. Right, and and, and you, you had... know, there's been there's been varying theories about that, whether or not it was due to rider discomfort or if it was more mechanical, based on stress on the wheels or on the trains, because there had been reports that. People had test rode that with the barrel roll, and it was fine on the riders, but it was more mechanical on the wheels and on the trains. But there, there's, I don't know that Cedar Point had ever actually confirmed as to what the reason for removing that was. But it, it was, it had to do with excessive forces on something.
1: Yeah, that, that they ended up saying it was because of excessive forces on on a uh, something. That they right. Ended up taking that out, mm-hmm. but uh, then you even had I three o five, and we all know the documented history of that, that ride.
0: Yeah, had. we've we've talked about that before in the show here. You know, the first you had the overheating of the wheels, and then you had great. Now there's s- certain theories that say, oh, maybe those vest-like restraints were originally planned for the ride, and they just weren't ready. But those, to me, would seem simpler to install than those harder restraints. So I I, I, don't, I don't know if I quite buy that theory. Um, I mean, let's face it. If you had those hard restraints, I never wrote it with those hard shoulder restraints, but there's probably quite a bit of headbanging that went along with those things. So I can't imagine that um, there were too many positive guest comments about those, and you had the gray-out issue, and you had the overheating of the wheels, which went towards the trims being added, and then in order to take the trims off, you had the reprofiling of the ride for 2011, and now there's still slight gray-outs, but not nearly in the capacity that they were its first year, so they're kind of letting it go. We
1: know that Cedar Fair has a scale of 1 to 5 for the rides. Maybe they should have just left I-305 alone and called it a 6.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I-305 is kind of in in a category all its own. (laughs) <laughs> it would um, be the F- and, Cedar
1: Fair's first ever six, triple black diamond. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, and and got, sky Skyrush is the next one,
1: you know? Yeah. I, I, Inaman is just not, they're American installations. I don't know about their other ones uh, throughout the rest of the world, but they're American installations. Well, didn't they even build the one at the Nuremberg Ring in Germany?
0: Uh, I think that was SNS.
1: Okay, so that might have been S and S, but even yeah. that's having issues it's too. S&S. So, um, yeah, so I mean, these companies and uh,
0: is S and S building any more roller coasters? I mean, S and S. See, it's it's been debated as to um, see. This is interesting because are, are we maybe seeing? Are we maybe seeing? you know, the end of Intamin in the U.S. maybe. I mean, so many of their recent rides have, you know, had issues, and it's just, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, Well, it'll be
1: interesting to see, I mean, like like we said before we even talked about this on the show, before we even started recording, I mean, uh, this may just be a coincidence that this happened, and... There's no Intamin rides planned for next season. Right. And we'll see if we see any more, or, you know, if, if there's nothing for two, possibly even three years, I'd Maybe say we are. this Skyrush incident, along with the I-305, along with Maverick, along with uh, King De Ka, that incident that happened at uh, Kentucky Kingdom years mm-hmm. ago, I, I think this is the end of Intamin.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, if you think about it, people say, "Oh, Intamin's going to be just fine," but think about it. This year, B and M proved that they can do a giga coaster that's every bit as good as the Intamin ones, and they're a lot more maintenance friendly.
1: Leviathan has had very, very,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, B and M has proved that they can. Well, yeah. I mean, BNM has proved now that they can go big. And they're not afraid to anymore because their two biggest coasters they've built this year with Leviathan and Shambhala. Those are the, the that's the tall that's the ta- those are the two tallest that they've gone. They're not afraid to push the envelope with height anymore and unlike Inaman, bigger does not mean more troublesome. The B- Leviathan it has still has had very, very little downtime all season. Um, so, you know, B&M is pushing the envelope a little bit here without the maintenance drawbacks that a lot of the Inaman rides have. And with the rumors that maybe, B, you know, B&M has a launch coaster concept kind of hanging in their back pocket that they're working on, and even and even a 4D design, we've heard that B&M might have a, a 4D coaster in, in their back pocket, And with Premier kind of making a comeback the last year or two with installations in the Six Flags parks now, Inamin really doesn't have anything that another company doesn't do with less maintenance issues now.
1: We'll see if Inamin's going to take some time off to adjust their strategies.
0: Yeah, I mean, have- if if you think about it, uh, just one last thought here, if you think about it, the only thing that Intamin does that another company doesn't do just as well or nearly as well with a lot less maintenance issues is the Zaxpins and how many parks, you know, none of your big parks really it was a mistake for magic mountain to put in a zax spin i mean i'm sorry it just it's terrible capacity for a park like that full throttle like that I that think. ride
1: would do great at dorney where the lines don't get so long during right this day right. they're only long on saturdays and sundays you know
0: right i mean that's or a if that's a good by a
1: six Flags park it probably would have done better
0: going to like a six, six Flags, Flags Saint, america or like a six Flags st louis or a smaller six Flags park even like a great escape um some had said maybe Zack Spin would be slated for great escape but um you know not something that your bigger parks are going to do and uh, most of your parks aren't going to make a ton of money with a Zack Spin let's be honest so aside from the Zack Spin there's other companies that do stuff that Intamin does just as well if not better with less maintenance issues so we'll we'll see in the coming weeks, months, and even years if this may start to be the decline of Intamin.
1: Exactly. Now, moving on to our main
0: topic today.
1: Yep. Dorney Park has not made their announcement for 2013. However... And we found out why. (laughs) We know exactly what's coming. Sort of. Our predictions (laughs) are Coca-Cola will replace Pepsi.
0: Yay! I'm I a agree. Coke guy. I'm a Coke I'm, guy.
1: I'm all for that. You know the yeah. only Coke I, Pepsi now, product that I like personally is Pepsi Next and Mountain Dew.
0: Yeah. Now, um, is th- this is this Cedar Fair wide thing?
1: I believe. Well, if you look at it, Cedar Point's been with Coke for how long? When I went to uh, Kings Dominion, those are the only two Cedar Fair parks outside of Dorney that I went to. Both of them were Coke. Now, Cedar Point I went to in 2009. King's Dominion I went to in 2012, both of them were Coke. I don't know if King's Dominion has recently changed to that or not. I think they're still it was Coke. Just a coincidence, still but Coke. Um, from what I'm hearing, Cedar Fair is now transitioning
0: over to Coca-Cola. Because I think King's Island is changing over, too. Correct? I think that was the other big part that made a big deal out of switching to Coke. Well, I don't... Dorney's
1: never said it yet. They're... But if you think about it, the Pepsi Aquablast is no longer the Pepsi Aquablast, it's just the Aquablast. Right. The Pepsi clock towers have both been removed from Dorney and Wildwater Kingdom. The Pepsi sign on coasters drive-in is gone. The Pepsi wheel hub from the Ferris wheel is gone. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I think it's a quiet change to
0: Coca-Cola. Normal people aren't really going to notice that, but that's still something to note. Oh, I think people will notice. Well, once they reopen with Coke stuff, yeah, but I mean, people won't notice that the Pepsi, you know, sign is off the Ferris wheel. Not now, anyway.
1: Well, Um, no, they're never going to notice that because they couldn't see it in the first place. The groves were right there, and then you have the big ice show theater. There's nothing there to see it. Right, so, I I I mean, but once once the the transition... You're not going to see it. But um,
0: When the transition takes place and it reopens with Coke products, people will take notice of that. Oh yeah, definitely. So that's good.
1: But uh, the the rumor is we may even get the freestyle machines. That would be sweet. Now they well, have they have awesome those at the Canada's Wonderland cafeteria. Yeah, <laughs> it, they, they have you the... want to be an employee again. <laughs> even yeah. if I was only working two days a week, I'd go there every day for a freestyle Coke product. Especially yeah.
0: with the soda cups being twenty five cents and the big size that they are. And I'll give you a quarter every day, and you can buy me one and bring it out to me outside the gate. It's $0.27, remember. $0.27. Okay, so I'll give you two quarters, uh, $0.27 for the drink and $0.23 for tip. uh,
1: We we also believe that they're getting new trash cans to replace the brown, ugly ones. I, I personally like the new gray ones with the four holes for trash. I think they look nicer.
0: They're just sleeker, yeah. They blend in a little bit better with the landscape
1: so I think that the whole park's going to get those. I, I, I personally like them more. Yeah. Um, and possibly some new benches though. I don't know what they would look like. I don't know if they'd be like the ones that they have on the main midway and planet Snoopy and replace all the wooden ones that are starting to fall apart.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know. That would be nice to see in my opinion. I don't think we're going to, um, Employees, they're going to get a, uh, from what I understand, we're going to have a new pay structure that doesn't necessarily mean that pay rates are going up or down. It just means it's a new system. Right. Yay, I think. And possibly new shows, maybe something for Haunt. Obviously, uh, that's a long way off. And uh, I only talk to Ops 2. If I was going to find out more about shows, I'd have to talk to Ops 4. Right to uh, find stuff out, but our previous uh, thoughts of a water park expansion or Windseeker or any other small ride things that we may have said um, over the course of the show so far have been proven false.
0: For um, this year. For Well, for 2013 anyway. It, um,
1: yes, for the next season at least.
0: Right. Now you suggested, now again, this is all speculation on our part, but you suggested before the show started that maybe because we're getting pretty much all internal stuff and nothing really in terms of new attractions, maybe that means they're kind of stockpiling a little bit of cash for something in 2014 that might be a little bit larger.
1: That's my hope. Um, yeah, th-
0: that's wishful thinking at this point. Yeah, nothing to go I'll, off I'll just of. just put that a
1: in uh, air quotes. That's maybe a new ride. Like, new, new, not... Demon Drop, slash possess slash Stinger, stinger you
0: know? slash um, anything, you know, any of our 12 other eyes that have been relocated.
1: Well, I mean, in the last couple years, yes, Road Rally, all that other stuff, but... Right. Now, I've also heard um, rumors, not necessarily happening right away, but we may see uh, the Chance Carousel may be going away. Okay. With nothing replacing it, it'll just be gone, which... Eh, not really a big deal there. they probably suffer... Uh, I
0: mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you run the ride, but doesn't that kind of suffer from low ridership because of the bigger carousels at the front of the park?
1: Yeah, nobody really notices that it's there, and the only reason people ride it is for the... um,
0: If they don't have kids with them,
1: is for that stupid dragon that's on the thing. I, I honestly wish that they would take that dragon
0: off of it. And most people who ride the Chance Carousel are people who got off the ferris wheel and are just there it, or going to the ferris wheel yeah
1: it, it's one or of the other two options so <laughs> i think that'll go away and we'll see maybe a flower bed there or some mulch area or maybe a smoking area will go in that
0: or maybe general a sh- area. maybe like maybe like another dipping dot stand for god's sake
1: <laughs> you never know um or that a sandbox. dip and dots, you know, maybe I, I really maybe the dipping dots guy. go there
0: Dippin' Dots guy can give you insider info while you're working
1: in the Ferris wheel. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I've also heard that uh, de- uh, not demon drop, Dominator may be getting its third tower, similar to uh, what we have at M- Marine Land. We With already the, stated uh, that previously in this episode. The, combina- but, uh, the combination just to reiterate, tower. Um, that may happen. I've heard that uh, the go-karts will be removed. Hmm. I have heard that the Road Rally will be relocated to where the go-karts are currently, and obviously lengthened. Um, the area Ooh. where Road Rally is, is rumored to receive a few flat rides, maybe a disco. Ooh. Um, That'd I've also nice. heard that rumor could be the removal of the sugar shack and the ice cream factory and moving the Ferris wheel over so they could put a, ma- a larger disco up there but they could at least put
0: a small one down where Road Rally is if that if that holds true. Right. Uh, I mean there's there's a decent amount of space there to put in a disco like flat down there where Road Rally is. There's enough space there. And I've also heard
1: that Wild Mouse may be taken down and relocated down uh, in that area where we thought they could build a GCI roller coaster, well, we kind of hoped they would, I heard that the Wild Mouse may be relocated down to that area of the park and that the Wild Mouse area would be open for further ride development, but that kind of confuses me because there's really nothing that they could put there.
0: You would have to put another small flat ride. Pretty much. That's all you'd be limited to.
1: Or a really, really small roller coaster. I really don't know what. I, I now that's one rumor that I don't think is true, just because there's yeah. nothing there's no room for anything to go in there.
0: Anything anything you can fit on that wild mouse plot you could easily stick back by Steel Force and Dinosaurs Alive. Easily. Exactly. So that so, that's why well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's unless why I don't, they wanted that's
1: to, actually gonna happen. Unless, unless they, they wanted to the st- wave swinger there and yeah. put something in the wave swinger spot. So it's more prominent? I could see that happening, Yeah, but may- even then, maybe. Unless they're going to make the screaming Swing a bigger attraction, I don't see them removing Wild Mouse I from mean, its current that's,
0: location. That's a lot of ride removal, though. Just to put in one new ride, that would be a lot of hassle to put in one new ride and would cost a lot of extra money as opposed to just putting something else down there. So I agree with you. I don't know that there's too much truth to that one there.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know if there's any truth to any of these. Um, mm-hmm. I've also heard bumper cars may be coming back. Now, that's
0: one thing I hear a lot of guests ask. They ask, don't you guys have bumper cars anymore? Actually, I just got that question yesterday. And yeah, that's, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see bumper cars may come back because the only bumper cars we really had were the crazy cars, and those weren't even true bumper cars. Those were almost and, like water bumper boats without the water.
1: Yeah, so I don't. You know, that whole area where swan boats used to be, since that's not back either. I wonder if we're going to see bumper boats in there, but they took down the girder that would keep the boats in that area, so that kind of makes me think that we won't.
0: So they would have to reinstall that.
1: Right. And then there, there was the issue with the boats getting stuck, and that was the reason that the swan boats were removed in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we'll see that back, that... that or bumper boats in that location, but uh, bumper boats would be a cool little thing to have. Or just some kind of bumper cars
0: or bumper something or other. I think the issue with the whole bumper boats thing becomes, like, containing them into an area because that's a big lake, so you would obviously have to have a containment area and whatnot. So I think that becomes the issue, and you'd pretty much have to drain part of the lake to install some kind of system that would work there. So again, that's a pretty expensive thing to do for something that small. So I think that that may be why we maybe didn't we maybe didn't see them drain the lake to do they may didn't want to have any parts of Hydra going over the water because a lot of people said, "Well, they could have made Hydra epic if they You know, re redid the drop down to the lake, but that would have required draining the lake. And with how much money they already lost with Hercules, they really didn't want to put the effort into draining the lake again. Well, I don't, I don't think that that was um,
1: a decision the park made. Well, that was up to Sentronia. I think if the park was gonna, if if B and M was gonna give Dorney one of the designs that made Herky, uh, Hydra go all the way to the water, because there was at least one that did. Right. I think they would have done it if it was worth it. If it was going to be a awesome ride because of that, I think they would have done it.
0: Right. So may- maybe in hindsight that would have been a better idea considering the, the um, mixed reputation, I guess you could say, that Hydra has. Maybe it would have been... But I mean, I'm um, again, people who aren't local to Dorney Park love Hydra mm-hmm. because of its uniqueness. And I think you and I are just kind of spoiled because we ride it all the time. We don't find it overly impressive. But be people who come there for one day every five years, you know, love it. So
1: hey, take, we're not take, we're not spoiled, okay? We have talent. and talent, Well, yes, as we you have and talent. I both know is Talon awesome. is awesome, <laughs> and we can ride that every time, every day we want. And, well, oh, yeah. almost every day we want. Until, uh,
0: the 28th. Yeah. And you know, as EB over at Coaster Radio says, Hydra's so nice with its periwinkle loading station and its pink seats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and its headbanging and all of its other not nice things that make you get stuck on the lift hill. Yeah. Well. But,
0: Ugh. uh... Anyway. You know. So that's what we're looking at for Dorny. Not, nothing that will be incredibly noticeable unless you're taking an extra minute to really take a look for it. But, um, again, keep your it, keep an ear out because hopefully we'll start to hear some exciting stuff maybe for 2014. I don't know. It's early yet. but um,
1: I mean, if, if they're going to do a coaster for 2014 and they're going to take 2013 off, then... They may make the announcement in May that they're building a coaster and right. just to get a jump on it, and mm-hmm. we may see construction. I'm not even going to – I'm going to stop saying that it's going to be a roller coaster because I have no idea. I. It's right. just the hope. Well, We you may I... see an announcement halfway through December that says, oh, yeah, by the way, we're getting Coca-Cola products and the Ferris wheel is being relocated for a disco to go in its
0: current place, and we're getting rid of the Chance Carousel, and we're adding bumper cars. Yeah, so... That's what we saw with Dinosaurs Alive, they just kind of plopped it up on there in the website in the off-season.
1: Right, and it was the middle of, what, January, when they did that. Yeah. So, I'm not saying that it can't happen, I'm not saying that it won't happen, but bumper cars, it wouldn't be hard to put a metal pad down for those, and... If they're going to put in a disco, I mean, say they put a disco in where Chance Carousel and Ferris Wheel are now, okay? The Ferris Mm -hmm. Wheel comes down every year for inspection anyway, Mm -hmm. so that's not Mm -hmm. a big deal to just pick it up and move it.
0: Right, just put it up in a different spot. The Chance Carousel,
1: nobody's going to miss if that's gone. They just Mm -hmm. have to get rid of the Hershey's ice cream and maybe move the sugar shack, which shouldn't be a big deal. No, it's Uh, just a building. So, we'll see. It could still happen. I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah we do
1: then... we, we do know Coca Cola's coming. We do know Pepsi's going away. We right. Don't know anything else. But I can bet everything be else three is more pieces town. of mulch somewhere in that park.
0: Oh, I'm sure there will, but they'll probably lose three somewhere else with the snow and the wind. Or or random kids picking them up and putting them in their
1: pockets as free souvenirs. I have a piece of mulch from the park. Yay. Yay. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for us today. Oh. I just looked down on the blog and I noticed the Space Spiral coming down video that I posted there. Um, Six Flags over Texas recently had a uh, explosion
0: happen. They copied Cedar Point. I don't care what you say. They copied Cedar Point and no, it wasn't I'm as good as Cedar space Point
1: spiral. copied Six Flags over Texas. Now, who wh- which was the first park to implode a ride? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I think that they just decided to do it. We'll, we'll say that they copied it uh, because that was cool with Space Spiral, and they thought yeah. it would be cool to do it again.
0: I don't Space think. Spiral, I think, was cooler because you could see the cabin crunch, and yeah. the Texas Shootout one was kind of cool because you got to see the top, uh, the, to- the top ring kind of crunch, and from a certain angle, the still shot looks like it's about to fall over on the Batman ride. Which would have been awesome,
1: because those rides are horrible. But, um... But then it would have been sad, because B&M would have one ride that they
0: can't use anymore. Right. So. Alright, well that's pretty much going to end it for us today, and, uh... We'll have to come up with uh, some good topics for next week, because now that... I'm, I'm done going to parks until I go down to Texas in December, so, um... You know, we we uh, I guess I guess maybe we'll talk a little bit about the haunts next week since we got really nothing else going on now for a while, right,
1: unless big things happen. Now, how can they right. help us out, uh, Dan, if they want to maybe uh, help out the show, give us a little bit of money or something? How can they go about doing
0: that? Well, first off, if you want to help us out as far as the show goes, you can review the show on iTunes, rate it five stars, four stars. Three stars, if you really think we suck, don't do any less than three stars. If you think we're less than a three-star show, just don't review it or don't rate it on iTunes. But you guys can review us and rate us on iTunes. That way people looking through you know, Amusement Park Podcast, they can uh, you know, check us out. And if we have a high review, we'll get more listeners. You guys can also help us out through our Amazon.com link, which is on the blog, correct? Yes,
1: it is. It's uh, Amazon.com. It'll be at the top. On the uh, right-hand side, it'll be the first link. It says Amazon.com. There's also a box that has a bunch of books in it. You can just type in something, hit Go, and
0: that'll take you to Amazon as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you guys and if you guys want to get in contact with us, uh, you can post a topic on the website. Just label it GeForce Radio, something. One of us will see it, will respond, we will talk about whatever you want if you guys want us to talk about something give more opinions on something if you want us to talk about off-topic stuff you know now that we're getting into the off-season we'll probably do a few off-topic shows here and there i mean i'm sure we'll do another football show during the season and the season gets closer to the end so yes because my football
1: team is pissing me off
0: yeah and mine actually isn't pissing me off (laughs) recently um (laughs) Surprisingly, it's supposed to be the other way around. The Dolphins aren't supposed to win games. <laughs> no, they're really not supposed to win games, especially against the Patriots. Well, they will, yeah. So, um, you know, the so we'll definitely Ravens- Eagles, do that.
1: That's all I'm going to say. Nah, and I'm a Steelers fan, and I hate <laughs> to have to say Ravens, but Ravens Eagles.
0: Oh, well well, because f- we'll it should have we'll been the Ravens out. and the Giants last year. I'm sorry, but. Yeah. It should. Well, well we'll do a show on that before we get to the Super Bowl so we can talk about that and uh, you know and you can also email us at gforce radio contact no hyphen no spaces no periods not like the blog where it's G hyphen force radio just gforce radio contact at gmail.com um, we both check that email fairly regularly so if you have any questions or comments concerns feel free to share, share them with us uh, there as well. We also
1: have a donate button from PayPal on the website. It'll be on the blog, rather. Uh, and you can just click that and type in three cents, and you can
0: donate three
1: cents to the show.
0: Yeah, and every little bit helps because uh, once we get enough uh, to do some you know, fun stuff with that, maybe, again, we're trying to do a Cedar Point trip next year. And we're um, trying I think to we're... buy
1: a camper or a trailer. Right. So every yeah, little, little bit, bit helps, helps to do that.
0: So $0.03, cents. It's, it's like voting It's like voting for president. The $0.03 cents will help. Your vote counts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: We also have uh, ads on the side of the show. You can click those if you want. And there's some QR codes if you're interested in Disney's things. Uh, we have yep. a commission. We also have a commission link with Six Flags. So eventually we're going to have ads for Six Flags tickets. You can buy them through the blog. And uh, we'll get a little bit of a commission from it. So that'll help go. us out too. If you want to go to Six Flags buy your season pass, something like that, you can do that as well. Alright. Uh, and if you're also interested, we also have the GeForce Radio Forums. Nobody uses them, but they are there. Um, yeah. So feel free to join those. Um, we are looking to make a website, not just a blog with the crappy for- an actual website forum with- thing. We want to have a real website eventually. Um, not necessarily parting ways with Coaster, uh, CoasterCrazy.com. dot com. We'll still work with them um, in some form, but uh, we do want to have our own website eventually. So, if you want to help out the show by lending us your ability to code the website feel free because i have no idea what i'm doing with html (laughs) yeah so there we go
0: and i'm an engineer i'm not a computer programmer so i don't have too much experience with that either so we we could use all the help we can.
1: exactly all right guys well it's been a great week and we will catch you all
0: next time see you guys for listening to geforce radio until next time everybody sit up right hold on tight and ride on